Look at that, we're recording. Can you hear me? I can. Nice. My goodness. So, my friend, my friend, how are you? I'm good. Yeah. I had to check in first to see if I can actually say, am I good? Yeah, yeah. I'm good. Yeah. I'm good. So I asked, I mean, you know, I asked you on because, you know, we've got not only a lot to, you know, catch up on, but, you know, you've always been a huge um, supporter and, you know, cheerleader with everything that I've done. And I'm seeing you do doing some really amazing things as well, too. For those of you who are listening in, my friend Montoya has just been a huge uh, cheerleader in the future, uh, in everything that I've, I've done. So, you know, I'm, ha I'm having her on here to tell a story and we're ha having a great conversation today. Thank you. Yes, I'm excited. I officially coined myself the bougie black therapist. Let's go. Um, one of the things that I love, love, love talking about and my target audience, the people that I love working with, which includes many therapists, are um, entrepreneurs and working professionals who struggle with people pleasing. Mm. They most likely identify as the strong friend, the one who looks like they have it together and they're the go-to person for everybody else. And after a while, they just kind of get exhausted with being the go-to person. Mm. And so I am the therapist for the strong friend because oftentimes we have super ghetto boundaries Mm. And when they work with me, they learn how to have bougie boundaries, which means after you start your healing journey, it should be a luxury for people to have access to you. Wow. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> it should be a luxury. Did you coin that in your book? Are you writing a book? I'm hoping you, you're writing a book. I'm working. I'm working on it. Yes. So I like that. It should be a luxury for someone to have access to you. To, oh. That even hits really hard. T tell me a bit more about that. So, you know, us people pleasers or recovering people pleasers, at one point, we want to help everybody. Mm -hmm. And, you know, another one of my favorite Montoya isms is we decide that we are Jesus Jr. Mm -hmm. We assign ourselves the savior for people who didn't ask, don't want it, don't know we exist. Or they want it so much to where they take from our overflow mm. and then we feel guilty for pulling back. And so we um, get caught up in being the doer and the giver. And it's a part of our identity because mm. it makes us feel valuable until when you get older and you realize like, wait, this isn't really what I want to do anymore. But you're in the midst of the storm and you don't know how to unravel it. And that's just a common thing for many folks who are in that discovery phase, right? It's it's a very right. common thing, not knowing their worth, not knowing who they are and how to apply these boundaries. How do you, how have you discovered this? I discovered it because I am a recovering people pleaser. And I remember like when I was in undergrad and in graduate school, I remember hearing people talk about codependent anonymous groups. Mm, I remember and that. I, 
I never thought, I never knew what it was. I just thought it was something related to alcohol and addiction, but it didn't have anything to do with me. And so what I realized was the word codependent doesn't really look like what it actually means, Mm. which is why I use a lot of the words. If I say people pleaser, folks are like, "Mm -mm, that's not me. But if I say you're the rescuer, the helper, the nurturer, the go-to person, the liaison, the one that shows up for everybody else, Mm. they're like, oh, wait, that is me. Mm. (laughs) And I can identify with that. And um, when I started going to therapy for myself before I actually became a therapist, because I was struggling with issues with PTSD, um, I was in Iraq in 2003, 2004. When I got back home, I just thought I was just having, I was having difficulty with just adjusting, but it was PTSD and I didn't know. Mm. So I started going to therapy and as I started doing my own personal discovery, that was when I learned that codependent actually doesn't mean what it looks like. It means that you are the one that self-sacrifice. Wow. That, that, that is such hitting a nerve, you know, and it, I think this is very common in very in leaders, right? They sacrifice a lot. They don't ask for help. They think they can do it all, and ooh, you're you're speaking and you're hitting a nerve with me. So, how does this applies to, or how does this look like in someone who's a not your typical psychotherapist? You know, who are doing all the things, who are they're putting themselves out there to be speakers, to be um, change agents, retreat hosts, all the things. How does this apply to them? How does this show up in them? It shows up in. You know, when we first started, you said that I'm a cheerleader. I love being a cheerleader. I love being a background dancer. I enjoy helping other people propel. And I, I, it's still my codependency, but it's also a part of my personality. It's a part of my core values and the things that are important to me as far as the kind of person and the kind of friend that I want to be. And so what I'm learning that even in business, we have to have some bougie boundaries. Mm -hmm. And I used to, sometimes I struggle with things because it, it, it's like, it has to be literal for me. So I used to think that boundaries are like a gate or a fence or a mold that you have, you know, it's a protective factor, but it's not. Boundaries are desires and expectations and the simplest form is boundaries are what are the rules of engagement for people to deal with you Mm, wow tell us more that that sounds deep yes when i was in the military especially when i was deployed to iraq we had these little cards and these cards had the rules of engagement for war and we had to keep them in our kevlar at all times So if you did something that was not in line with the rules of engagement, if you got in trouble, then it wasn't because you didn't know. It was because that was a choice that you made. And so thinking about how we have rules of engagement for ourselves, or sometimes we don't know how to have them because we're Mm. afraid, because what if people leave us? Yeah. What if they don't want to be our friend anymore? What if they, you know, we end up being left out? Um, we're not willing to make the sacrifices of loss 
for the benefit of tending to our own personal desires. And so in business, it could cause you to not really pay attention to your true feelings or your good instincts. Mm. Um, It could affect us physically. It could affect us financially. And I'm learning that every year I have to find a way to sit down with myself and do a life audit Mm. of the people that are close to me. And even right now, what are the rules of engagement for me? And so as codependent people, we struggle with having desires. Mm. Some of the clients I've been working with lately, in the midst of them telling me all the stuff that they need, I'll ask them, what do you want? Mm. We don't know how to answer that question. Such a simple question, but it's so hard to engage that, right? Right. Because when when I ask you, what do you need? You can tell me all the things you need and you also have a plan for how to get them and who can help and who can't. You already have triaged the question when I ask you, what do you need? But if I ask you what you want, then you have to sink a little deeper into yourself. And you're thinking about how does what you want is going to affect somebody else? And can I be okay with that? And is it okay for me to want these things? And so I actually don't want anything. Yeah, yeah, that that makes a lot of sense because there are things within us where, you know, you, you want to be included. We all want to be included. We all want to be part of something. But if it's not aligning with our bougie boundaries ourselves, there is that splitting of that choice of, you know what? Am I going to choose and and uphold my bougie boundary or am I going to risk myself, my truth, who I am? just to be part of this, right? Yeah. And there is such a uh, a weird dynamic in many of our communities that if I stay firm on this, on it should be a luxury to get to me, and then I say no and apply that boundary that somehow everything else disappears, right? The relationships right. are gone. The, the, co- the collaboration, the connection is gone. And that's such an illusion don't you think it's an illusion but it also has a lot of mourning attached to it Mm -hmm. and the mourning of this wasn't what i thought Mm -hmm. and this situation is only going to be a good situation if i suppress what i want for the benefit of everybody else's sanity yeah. And so the morning of, oh, wow, I'm going to have to let this go. Because there is also that social pressure, right? It's 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 so evident in social media that, you know, we have to be a part of something, of this mm-hmm. group, of this community, of this. But if it's not la- aligning with us, we feel like we're alone. And that's something that is so true in our community that there's so much noise, there's so much activity, there's so many things that I got to be a part of this or else I'm I'm missing out. And, you know, um, and for those of you who are listening, I got got to say this. um, If I have made you feel that way, I am so sorry. (laughs) I want to make sure that you have the choice to back up or move in to my community and into my world without any guilt or shame or feeling like you're left out. I mean, 
a few a few podcasts, I mean, I was very honest and open that I apologize for that because there is such this thing on social media where, you know, you have to be part of this group and part of that group and everyone's doing mm-hmm. these retreats and summits. And if I don't be part of that, or if I don't become a speaker or whatever, we lose out on ourselves. If I have ever made any of you feel like that, I freaking am so sorry. I never want people to feel like they have to be part of my community, my world, just so that they can feel significant. What the right. crap? <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. And these communities, especially for those of us who are in private practice or don't have close connections with people you know, around us. These communities are important to us Mm -hmm. and lots of people have found friendships and they found connections that they didn't know they needed. Um, What I have learned, though, is I came across a, a, a phrase a couple of days ago that said. Healthy conversations are uncomfortable. Mm. And us recovering codependent people, we don't like uncomfortable feelings. So we will avoid them at all costs. Mm, I hear you. I hear you. For the sake of being nice. Mm-hmm. Um, but having those uncomfortable conversations helps you attract and repel. Yep. So is this person for me or is this person trying to take advantage of the light that I can provide that they can benefit from? Absolutely. And I think that is that is the, the crux of our conversation, right? Because you and I have gone through so many things and so many communities and different conversations. And it, it, it's unfortunate that we can't have these uncomfortable situations. I would, yeah, you know, uh, I would like for someone to talk to me about difficult conversations, right? Mm-hmm. At least give me the opportunity. Um so I think all of us somewhat on a on a cerebral perspective want that because we don't want relationships to break down, you know? And when we're in isolation, Montoya, when we're in isolation, we we create narratives in our heads. Oh, big ones. <laughs> we Color, have co- colorful ones. <laughs> right. We we're in the shower, we're having these fake arguments with people in our heads. That's like, what the freak is going on here? And then you think, what is going on? What is going on? Why am I doing this? For those of you who are listening, don't lie. You have these conversations <laughs> in your head. And then you- I do. Right. The more you, you the, the more we do them, the more it becomes truth. Right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and- what what I I was dating this guy uh, a couple of years ago, and I realized I was like, wait, this guy keeps creating scenarios that don't exist. And then one day I said, I just I cannot compete with his imagination. Oh, it's, it's too much for me. I can't compete because I can't convince you that it's not whatever it is that you think you see or that I'm trying to make you feel whatever it is that you think you feel. So when I realize I'm competing with somebody's imagination, I immediately opt out because I'm not as creative as some liars are. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. (laughs) We got to do another podcast just on what you said right there. 
you cannot compete. You're saying that you you can't compete with another person's imagination because, wow, that is so true. That is when so I realize you are making up these stories because of your own personal cognitive distortion. Mm-hmm. I I can't win. Nothing yeah. I'm going to do is going to be able to convince you or jump through enough hoops to make you feel safe with right. me. Right. Absolutely. That is so profound and sad at the same time. There's a lot of good people out there and it just takes one spark to ruin that relationship, right? It just yeah. takes one spark and one imagination mm-hmm. that becomes so solidified in truth. And then there you go, right? And we we don't need that kind of drama. We don't we don't need that. We're already struggling enough, trying to make a, a, a life for ourselves, and that type of energy is just not cool. Yeah, and so now that I'm paying more attention to those things, my body is like, if I don't pay attention to my gut feelings or my intuition or my instincts, my body will say, "Okay, girl, you don't have to listen to them, but we got you." Um, now it's been doing this crazy thing to where I am rock hard. Mm. My shoulders are tight. I have a hip pain. Um, I can't like get into my sexy yoga poses. I feel like an old lady. Mm. And I'm just like, oh, feelings don't do me like that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and they say, we come in, we got to come out. So if you don't give us a place to go, we're just going to sit here and hang out in your body. Wow. Wow, that's amazing. So how, how do you work through this? How, What are some of the bougie boundaries work through uh, these current situations? So um, like I said, doing a life audit, who around me, like when I'm around certain people, paying attention to how do I feel about mm-hmm. myself in this person's presence, whether it's real or I, and, and don't like, I have to not allow myself to intellectualize it either. Got it. Don't try to explain it away because we can't really explain feelings sometimes. Mm-hmm. So if I don't like how I feel about myself in this person's presence, then I need to remove myself versus trying to force myself to stay. That's right. Because your body is also a resource of information. Yeah. And we keep denying that resource. We are disrespecting the knowledge and the wisdom of our bodies. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. And having the courage to say, I actually don't like it when you do X, Y, and Z, or this situation made me feel that way and not apologize for how I felt, but allow the person to decide on whether or not our relationship is important enough for them to say, I really, I, that wasn't my intention or, you know what? I did do that. That was whack. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I did. My bad. I, I didn't even expect you to call me out on it. Take responsibility. Right. And, and that's one thing that in any ruptured relationships, if one person takes responsibility, not to degrade or to um, gaslight the actual mm-hmm. thing that's happening and just say, oh, wow, you know, I I'm, I'm, I apologize. I'm aware. Let me be a little bit more aware um, and just take full responsibility. That is healing enough. Yes. 
Yes, yes, it is. I was uh, talking to a client and I felt so proud because um, I've been telling her, don't run away from the triggers. Hmm. Use the triggers as a guide. Use the triggers as a resource. Mm -hmm. And so when you feel triggered, a trigger is an indication. Mm -hmm. An indication is a feeling and follow the feeling. Um, Because triggers, the word trigger gets a bad rap. It's it's like the, you know, it's a trigger on a gun. Right. So you just follow where it's going and explore the feeling that's connected to that trigger. So it doesn't affect you as much because we can't hide from life. Moving into the triggers, you know, I, I like that analogy of that gun because, you know, if, if you it, it, don't run away from the trigger, because sometimes if when we think of that gun, we think of we're going to die. Right. If we if yeah. we. But when you explore those triggers, you're not going to die. You're, you're, yeah. you're just, it's just a resource for you. Right. It's a resource. And so letting your body help you navigate the resources that you need to explore. Mm-hmm. Um, I uh, did a shop talk at a barbershop um, Sunday. And it was some people there that had great conversation. And the thing that kept coming up was them talking about how they feel numb. And so I said, oh, that's probably because all of y'all are the strong friends in here. And I explained to them my analogy for the strong friend. And I would say about most of them in the room said, yeah, that's me. Mm. But we have to be numb to take care of other people beyond our overflow. Yeah. Yep. You have to suppress your feelings. You have to decide that you don't have time to be sad right now. Mm-hmm. And so when you get really good at denying yourself feelings, mm-hmm. then you become numb. Exactly. So there's you're you're talking about the appropriateness of compartmentalizing in the moment. Just yeah. so that you can do that thing in the moment. But then right. sometimes some of us get stuck in the compartmentalizing phase that we learn unconsciously and consciously not to go back into experiencing all of those feelings, right? Right. Breaking down and experiencing all the feels is actually very cathartic and needed and healthy. And there's a lot of mourning that comes with it. But Mm -hmm. mourning doesn't have to be like the end. It just means that there's something else that's going to begin. Oh, I love that. I love that. And that goes along the lines of attracting and repelling, right? Yeah. It goes along that lines. And the more that you develop a sense of yourself and really stand up for your bougie boundary, you will attract and repel people. And it's okay. Yeah, it is. So I had to realize, just like I feel a certain way around some people and I say, ooh, I don't like how this makes me feel. I have to be okay with understanding that other people can have the same exact feeling for me. That's right. And it's okay for them to have that feeling because I really just feel like that's God directing us. Mm-hmm. Like, Hey, you don't need to be over here. You need to be going this way. Yeah. Um, don't try to force yourself into that situation because I have something else over here for you. Yeah. And he uses our feelings as a part of our intuition and our instincts. But when we try to go against that, that's when like stuff just starts like breaking down. Oh, I feel that as a recovering codependent, I go to the, why don't you like me? No, mm-hmm. I can, I can repel you. I don't have to like you, but no, 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 no. You're not allowed not to like me. 
Yes. <laughs> right. It's, that means that I might be a bad person exactly. or a kind person. But and, that just means that God is like, hey, you need to go this way. Yeah, exactly. Like you're not re- you're that's not your crowd. It's it's okay. That's not that's not part of you. It's it's let them be. It has nothing to do with you. If they say I don't want to be around you to to me, I ha- I have to honor that. Mm-hmm. Right? I have to honor that because in fact, uh, I I look at now that I'm realizing it, I think it's okay. I think it's 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 actually honorable to do that because they're applying their boot whatever bougie boundary that they have with yeah. me and it's okay it sucks because you're like i'm cool as fuck <laughs> <laughs> you missing out you miss- <laughs> wow this is such a therapy session for me because you know I-, I thought i got over this i really did think that no one is allowed not to like me you know, there's that arrogant, narcissistic part of me that says, "No, I don't know what you think you're thinking, but like you said, I am cool as fuck." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I just think it's I think it's God's way of making sure that we're doing what we are supposed to mm-hmm. be doing. That's a part of His will, because right. sometimes our will and His will don't connect. Absolutely. With us recovering codependent people, we hustle for value. Mm. Because if I'm doing something for you, that means I'm valuable. Yes, yeah, right. Um, and if these people don't want me around them, or they feel like I'm not a good person for them, then if I didn't know any better, I would attach my value to that. That's right. That's right. And it's so hurtful. Right. And we forget that you're a you're a dollar wherever you go. Mm. <laughs> I can be in the water, I can be on the beach, I can be in the trash, I can be, you know, in somebody's pocket, I'm still a dollar. So I'm still worth a dollar, regardless mm-hmm. of who has it and who values this dollar. That's right. That's right. Wow. This is good stuff, Montoya. Um, I always have these deep conversations with you. And this is not the last time that I'm going to invite you on because I think there's there's a lot of layers to to our conversation here, and with the Not Your Typical Psychotherapist podcast, that's what I really want you know to really mm-hmm. engage in a deeper conversation about this because Montoya, I'm seeing, I don't know if it's 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 I, I'm becoming a bit more aware or feeling a little bit more jaded or going into a grief process right now, but I'm seeing things in the mental health community that I love, absolutely love, but I'm also feeling a sense of disdain as well too. Same. And it is, I don't know, I, I, I'm still processing that obviously with, with others, but I'm also processing with my therapist. There's a love-hate relationship. There is an awareness. And, you know, I'm in previous podcasts, I'm even reevaluating reevaluating some of my things that the things that I'm doing, right? Why am I doing them? Um, is there a deep need that needs to to uh, to be enhanced in me? I don't know, but I'm in this space right now where you're just hitting all the nerves, Montoya. <laughs> yeah, sorry, but not sorry. <laughs> no, no, you should not be sorry. This is a good process for me because i'm I'm in this this dark night of my soul. That I think there's a lot of great insights that's that's going to happen in the future, but right now I just have to step in it. Ooh. 
let me tell you the your events feel like a family reunion that offers CEUs. And so when I when I went to uh, when I came to Hawaii last summer, I was like, I saw people before bring their kids and bring their families with them. And it looked like a great thing to do. But I said, I'm never bringing them with me again when I come to play with my friends. I don't I don't want. No, you leave me alone. (laughs) I want to go to play karaoke. I want to go hang out. I want to sit at the pool. And I felt so pulled between my kids and my friends that I play with on social media. We're on webinars, learning stuff together. Um, I like coming to your events because I learn, I connect, I feel seen, I feel heard. And I also don't feel like I have to compete to get in where I fit in. Wow. Wow. And so, yeah, I'm never bringing my kids on another <laughs> another <laughs> one of those again because I felt like I was missing out. Like, I want to sit by the pool for hours. Mm. Um, I want to sit next to whoever I haven't sat next to, but we've been playing on Facebook for mm. three or four months. I want to, yeah. I want my arm to touch their arm. That's awesome. um, I want hugs. And so your events do that and it doesn't feel like you have to compete for space wow i really appreciate that especially in this moment of my life right now uh, those words montoya is really life and spirit giving to me so and you've always been such a great supporter like i said not only that but a cheerleader and you know you add to the value of the community and, you know, when people see you, especially when you were on stage in Nashville, I mean, you made people laugh. I mean, you got away with saying things that I was like, oh, my gosh, she said that. <laughs> but like, that's what it's, you guys. <laughs> but that's what it's all about, right? They're feeling safe for you to call them out in that perspective. And there's there's a lot of good things. And I always be uh, I will always be a supporter for you as well, too, Montoya. I just want you to know that. Yeah, I, I, and I don't want us to feel ashamed of the things that we are experiencing mm. because a lot of us are feeling the same thing. And shame and guilt is not going to help us, you know, like get nope. better. It makes us hide because I know when I start to feel those things, I hide, mm. I get quiet and I need somebody to say, hey, I haven't seen you post something stupid or silly. What's up with you? That's right. And so your community allows us to not feel like we need to hide. Mm. Wow. Well, Montoya, it's been such a pleasure to always have these deep conversations for you. And for those of you who are listening, um, this is not the only time that I'm going to be inviting Montoya to um, impart her wisdom. Uh, in fact, there's a few things going on in the in the future. Uh, she's always going to be a repeat speaker for me, webinar or whatever on stage. We're there. So Montoya, thank you. Thank you. You know, we go together real bad. Yeah. yeah. I know it's it's a little, it's troubling to even think about that, right? It's like, uh-oh. <laughs> Thank you so much, Montoya, again. So. Thank you. All right. Uh, okay, everybody. I will have in the show notes Montoya's information, how to get a hold of her. And I want you to really reach out to her because she is such a great light to our community. Um, and her post is freaking hilarious. Okay. So I've been watching and just watch her evolve and really apply her bougie boundaries. So again, Montoya, thank you. We'll see you next time. Thank you. Bye.